0: everybody, welcome to Improv FAQ at Length. This is a series of longer conversations about improv topics that have lots of questions surrounding them. I'm James Quesada. And I'm Bob Wick. And we are live for another Q&A episode on a Sunday here, which is our uh intention loosely to do this uh every sunday or, or try to do more live episodes and uh when we do that to make them q and a episodes or um uh just look for any engagement if um people have questions that's just something that we would really like to um get from from audiences is questions that improvisers have uh so that we're not just answering topics that are on our mind but also on the mind of uh, people who are um you know in the pandemic break of improv and uh still having questions or or mulling things over in their heads um what keeps you up at night in the improv world (laughs) (laughs) of all the things that are going on in the world which improv topics are keeping you up congratulations
1: (laughs) if that's all you're thinking about
0: (laughs) yeah um so uh yeah, we have some questions that were previs- previously submitted that we didn't get a chance to answer in a regular episode. And we'll start with those. Uh, but as we go on, if there are audience members that would like to submit questions, all you need to do is drop them in the comments. We will see them and make time for them in our uh, episode here. Before we get started, quick shout out, couple shout outs to one, Diff. Yeah, the Detroit improv festival, which would have otherwise been happening this past week, Wednesday through today would have been the last day of workshops and hangovers. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so shout out to, to, to diff and um, looking forward to getting a proper year 10 of diff uh, next year in lieu of having one this year. Um, also uh, shout out to, uh, Mark Evan Jackson and Paul F. Tompkins, who are doing a show tonight. They did they did a live episode um, as part of a weekend of uh, support toward the Detroit Creativity Project. They had the Detroit, a Detroit Creativity Project show last night, and they're going to do one more show tonight, which will be Mr. Uh, Mr. Jackson, Mr. Tompkins which is Mark Evan Jackson and Paul F. Tompkins doing a duo. Uh, they'll do that as a virtual show tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And tickets are still available, of course, because it's virtual. Yeah,
1: because <laughs> they're limitless. There's no capacity.
0: Uh, right. So you can go to houseseats.com, uh, I want to say. House seats, sorry, Houseseats.live um, right. for tickets to that show. Or you can go to paulftompkins.com slash live and uh, scoop up some tickets. I actually have uh, tickets to watch. Oh,
1: I'm watching that tonight. I'm definitely watching that tonight.
0: Yeah, looking forward to it. I've actually, you know, I know they've they've uh, toured around a little bit, but I have not seen them do uh, their duo show. Um, no, it's
1: it's always ho- so hard to get in during diff. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My first time seeing them together. That's going to be great.
0: Yeah, it should be pretty cool. Um, okay, so now that that's taken care of, it is time to get into our Questions and the answers associated with them. <laughs> <laughs> the um, so are inducing
1: questions have
0: been on <laughs> for months. <laughs> it's Without time to get you. some rest, <laughs> some final peace, baby, as we answer these troublesome questions about improv. <laughs> um, I will also say that uh, Bob and I will have to apologize for losing track of um, uh, which people belong to which questions on, on our list here, because uh, we kind of, we kind of separated them for other ways of using them in episodes. Um, and so we have the questions, but uh, I just couldn't track down uh, who belonged to which questions. So shout out to anybody who's submitted a question so far. Thank you very much for doing that. I um, yeah, really
1: appreciate the help. Been, yes.
0: Yeah. And these are really yeah, great questions. So, yeah. yeah. So let's uh, let's start with the first one here, which is uh, what is the best way to use real, life stories in scenes how can you use real life stories in your improv
1: oh that's that's a really great question and um i'm trying to avoid eye statements but it's something i do a lot of i like to use my real life because it's something i'm familiar with it's i know that if i initiate a character or take something out of my life Interject it into an improv scene, I'll definitely have reference points and it it, it kind of makes your job easier. And I think it's something we do naturally as humans. Like when you tell a story, I, I I know most of my friends do almost impersonations of the person they're telling the story about, especially if they're doing a quote or something. So yeah, it's, it's a great way to uh to <coughs> excuse me, uh pick a character. Uh if you have a funny, you know, if you get a a uh, suggestion of dentist, and you have an uh, uncle who's a dentist d- doing a person of your uncle, or if you have someone who, or you know, someone who, who's afraid of the dentist doing a person in the nation of that person and make it your own character, and you know, it, and ingrain that into your improv scene, and then you can have a really fun scene. It might not have anything to do with a dentist other than what your reference is to that person, but it it's you know when you get a suggestion, it's only a suggestion that's supposed to inspire you. So use yeah. that for inspiration.
0: Yeah. And, and to piggyback on that is, uh, keep it as inspiration and not as a plan because, because if you have a real life experience and you're like, Oh man, last time I went to a theme park, this happened and so-and-so threw up and it was this whole ordeal. Um, you know, you, you can start a scene from a place of like, like, Like you said, impersonating someone that you encountered or or that, you know, um, or like start a scene doing something that you did the last time that you were uh, at that location or in that situation or around that type of occupation, whatever the suggestion is. Um, But don't expect it to go the way that it did in your real life experience. You have to you have to start from a place of that's that's the inspiration I'm taking. And let's see where it goes in this new world not trying to steer it into um the same thing that happened last time in your real life
1: have you ever had i because i have have you ever had anybody do that to you like well actually when this happened to me in my real life this happened like i i wasn't there um i don't know
0: you mean you mean somebody say that in a scene <laughs> no after a scene like well oh actually, yes yeah, yeah 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 yeah, yep yep yep, yep. uh like, I yes was, yeah in classes enough. too it'd be like uh, be like yeah. uh we were like, well, actually, you know, I was I was I've been to the DMV just a couple weeks ago, and what happened was, and it's like, yeah, but that's okay. You don't have to that is not right. <laughs> that's not the point of what we're doing. Um uh yeah, yeah. So I think I think that's really uh maybe maybe I, I don't know if that's at the heart of the issue for the person that asked it, but like I think that there, there is a stigma around using taking shortcuts or like cheating with real life experience, you know, like like and and I, I think that, that where the line is drawn is that like you should use your real life experience. That's what makes right. your perspective unique. And the reason that we use suggestions is, is for things to come up that, you know, and that have happened to you um, as a starting point. Um, yeah. So it's OK to, to draw on your real life experience and you should. Uh, but you should not try to keep it in your real life um, as the scene goes on. You should use it as a starting place.
1: Absolutely. Right.
0: Yeah. And I suppose the other way that we'll mention, um, which I don't think is necessarily the question, uh, but uh, uh, just just in case it is, you can use real life stories in a uh, long form um, in a format that people call uh, monologue deconstruction, otherwise known as Armando or ASCAT. Um, and that would be where uh, you get a suggestion, and someone from the ensemble tells a real life story and anecdote to the audience, and then the ensemble hears that story and does scenes inspired by different details and aspects of it, um, pulling pulling it in different directions uh, for inspiration and in scenes. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, Tom's joining us. Welcome back, Tom. Yay,
1: <laughs> our regular yeah thank you Tom is is Brad with him
0: yeah where is Brad um so our next question is going to be about voices and accents um the question is what's the best way to practice voices and accents which I think is a great question because yeah for a lot of reasons um but especially now I think like Like voices, accents, dialogue, things that are like voice acting driven and also object work are things that like if you're getting antsy and just like I want to like when when this pandemic is over, I want to come back a whole new improviser. Then those those are things that you can uh, kind of practice and and tweak on your own. And there is a lot of, uh, you know, voice acting and voiceover stuff going on uh, because it because it is a home studio activity. So I think this is a great question for uh, especially now how to practice voices and accents and uh, typically the advice that I, that I give. Yeah. yeah, Just as, just, I I guess as a starting place, my, my, my go-to advice uh, is to take books um, like children's books. Uh, I, in, in forensics, speaking and acting um, they have a category called, called storytelling. And that's something that I did. And I coached for uh, a long time when I was coaching. And um, what we would do is we would get a pile of like 30 kids books from the library and uh, put them on a table and we just go around starting to read them out loud and doing different voices. And, and, and like, you want to have a, a a unique animated voice for each, uh, character that gets introduced. And so, uh, that's how we would kind of like, um, play around with, uh, finding those voices and and sometimes we would use them for the book that we're reading because that's where it came from. Or other times we'd be like, oh, I don't think I, I, I want to use this story for performance, but I know I want to use that voice. Um and so I think that's a really nice way is, is is if you just have a small stack of books, whether it's uh, you know, adult fiction or uh young adult or or whatever, children's lit. I I mo, mo, the main reason I say children's lit is because it's more um like folk and fairy tale style. Uh so there's right, you know, more I guess dynamics. And and there's all it's they're they're also shorter. More bite size uh, to thumb through, so that's what I would do.
1: Plus, the like the point of view is very heavy handed, you know. Yeah, yeah, So, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so voices. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> something I do, something I do, <laughs> and it kind of annoys Natalie. Um, I only get mad like I, I, I'm. Pr- I'm pretty even tempered. I would say I do have my I do have my peaks and valleys. Uh, but I'm at my war, so I'm in the car. So let so one of the things I do is impersonate other drivers who annoy me. Like, I get I their mannerisms. Like, I don't do it to their face. It's Mostly it's just me throwing a tantrum after. Like, oh, this, this guy sounds like, I don't know how to use my turn signal. And and I just will sustain that character and, you know, just have fun with it. It, It's a good way to let let off steam. Um, And going back to like what we're talking about before, like using people in your real life, um, trying to put them in situations where they might be a fish out of water. You know, if if you have uh, someone you like to tease or not, tease, but, you know, impersonate because they're they're a fun character, Um, you know, what would be like if, you know, like. Almost every impersonator starts off their bit like, What would be like if so and so was uh, working at Starbucks? It might sound like this, you know, like the 80s type impersonator. So having fun, having fun with it, you know, taking the stress off yourself and trying to to hit like a perfect impersonation or a perfect voice uh, and just having fun with it. Make a game out of it, I would say. Uh, And then trying to sustain that. And then I I forgot, I think it was uh, Heather. Who who mentioned like and then go try to read that try to read Shakespeare in that voice and see if how it works because that's usually an opposed position or uh, juxtaposition.
0: Really a, thank you, thank
1: oh, okay. you. <laughs> uh, the contrast will make it interesting and fun, and you. Yeah, you know.
0: yeah, yeah. And if you can maintain a voice through something yeah. as dense and stylistic as Shakespeare, then you have a voice that has a life of its own absolutely um
1: yeah but with acts and didn't they mention accents as well
0: yeah accents dialects yep
1: yeah so I'm you know me personally I'm not a strong accent person uh but I have found there are there are really great YouTube tutorials which you know if you're at home this is be- probably one of the best ways to learn like unique accents you know very specific ones just going through the voice acting tutorials and there are a lot of great teachers out there that can help you with that.
0: Yeah. um, And I I think that uh, if I'm not mistaken, it it comes down heavily to vowel sounds is, is where uh, dialects and accents come from. So there's lots of starter YouTube videos on the subject of vowel sounds. And um, uh, what do you call it? There's uh, there's um, sentences that you can practice that have every vowel sound every English speaking uh, vowel sound, um, in, in, in a sentence. And you can use that as kind of a touchstone for the accent that you're working on. So I would start by looking at a couple of videos that are about, uh, accents and vowel sounds. Um, and then, and then, yeah, I, 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 there also the beauty of YouTube is that you can find, you know, um, Australian Irish, uh, people with with authentic accents that are vlogging and 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 doing youtube videos uh it's so easy to find that in the youtube online video sphere that you can like also mimic and mirror what what those are um great anything else to add for for that no
1: that's all my tricks (laughs) just drive around and get mad
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's funny. I, yeah, I, uh, that reminds me of Joe Hengelberg. He would, he would come off of a drive where he, you know, had some, not road rage, but like, you know, something stupid happened. And, uh, I just remember as soon as you said that, (laughs) there was one instance where he came in probably to the go bar and and, and was uh, just singing, I can drive a truck faster than you. I can drive a truck faster than you. And I was like, what are you doing? And he was like, oh, this it's just stuck in my head because I got cut off by this truck driver. And that's thats what I was saying in my head to imagine what he was thinking when he cut me off.
1: <laughs> it's helpful, man. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, Great. Our next question is going to be, uh, I'm almost positive this came from Trevor, but uh, could, I could be falsely shouting him out right now. Uh, the question is whether you go through phases of interest in the type of improv that you like to do and the type of improv that you like to see.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I like when, <laughs> when I heard that question, I thought of you cause you're always somebody who's like, what's next. What's new. What's, what can I do different? Um, and I, I'm yeah. pretty much the same way. I like, I have a strong base, but I want to reach out and I'm always adding more, Color to my palette. Like, what what else can I do with my style, or you know, just in this room that that we're playing in? Uh, because I've seen so many performers who basically do the same five or six things every time you see them, and sometimes it can be really entertaining. But after a while, like, I've seen it. You know, like part yeah. of the fun of, of watching it like a long form set or you know just improv in general is the surprise and can, if i know all your tricks it's going to be harder and harder to surprise me so it becomes less and less entertaining
0: yeah that's true it, when it comes to seeing stuff uh yeah sometimes it it is like uh whether it's maybe something like the new launch group or um new house teams in general or or a new show improvised show that's that's like launching or whatever um i'll go see it uh i i always want to see it more than once w- uh whether yeah. it's a new player or a new show or a new team because you you gotta get a you gotta you know it's improv you, you can't you can't get a feel for it in just one instance um but uh yeah w- once i've seen it a few times then i'll then i'll be like okay I, th- I feel like i know what this is about and if it really uh, interests me because of the style or whatever i might go- keep go- going to see it but even if i'm like i like it but i've seen it then yeah i agree then i'll kind of look for something that i haven't seen as much or or yet
1: i really like watching like like oh like class shows when it's like the first couple semesters where they're just learning stuff and you know it's their first show of course mistakes are going to happen but these are mistakes that I learned worse mistakes because there's a list of rules that I learn, and I, I compare that list of rules to what's on stage. Sure. Um, and I love it when they break 100 rules and the scene's great. You know, yeah. like, shame on me for having this list in the back of my head. And I love it. And I love when people, you know, do stuff that's, you know, not, I don't know, not... I don't want to say a mistake, but they just do stuff in a uh, organically in a, an unusual way or stuff I haven't seen because you know maybe it didn't work one time when someone else did it. So yeah. like I, I I love being surprised. I love being like told out like that that list in the back of your head is bullshit. And <laughs> yeah, you know, absolutely. Up. I love yeah. that. So I I really enjoy when someone's that so fine tuned that they'd never make a mistake. I I hope for mistakes. Cause you can really, you can really double down on it and make something interesting. And unique. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I guess I'll, I'll like, in, ter- in terms of interest, I'll, I'll kind of go back and forth between like um, wanting to see uh, bread and butter improv done at its finest, which, which I would say is, is like either a Herald or a montage you know, okay. um, yeah. no no real bells and whistles, um, just scene by scene, the kind of stuff that you see with, like, uh, speaking of Diff, the Diff All-Stars, where it's just like, here's some uh, great improvisers that are on stage together, and then you kind of default to a montage, uh, and and it's just about, you know, the scene by scene, and, and, and there's some nice callbacks or whatever. But um, do, seeing that at a really high level um, with a really well-established team, uh you know like the 313 or to see a herald done by a team like King 10. Um uh I I those like standards, you know, montage and herald, I I think are just like the improv standards. And uh I will go out of my way to find that done at the highest level sometimes. And then other times I'll look for stuff that I um have never seen and I don't don't care how good or bad it is or who's doing it. I'm just like what are they what are they what are they gonna try? Um, to do, and that's what. Or I'm what can in. I
1: steal? Even if I don't like something. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, well, I, I, I like the intent. But if I would have done it, I would have done it this way. Well, then do it.
0: Yeah, to get inspiration, because that's I think that's where, exactly. where where the phases of interest come from. Is is like yeah. you kind of looking to either break the rules that list in the back of your head or uh, think of things that you haven't thought of yet and uh, get inspired to try things out or do things, approach things in a different way um, for your own performance. And speaking of which, so when it comes to phases of interest of what I would like to do as a performer, I go through those all the time too, usually in longer, oh, yeah. longer arcs with like little mini uh, uh, things like, and what I mean is, is that I, I went through a couple of years of wanting to perform very physical, like a cartoon character. Um, and, and be as like uh, abstract and animated as possible. I went through a couple of years of really focusing on playing the straight character and, um, and once I kind of felt like I got as much as I can for the time being out of out of exercising that, then I'll move on uh, to the next thing. And 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 I think more recently it's been like meta play and how to like engage the the whole room or kind of like break break uh, absurdity and surrealism, um, break into that uh, during a show and 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 kind of have trippy things happen. Um, and and then you know while I'm heavily focusing on that. I, I might need a break from it and then I'll try something else on the side or in a, in a show or whatever. So, so again, it's like these long arcs of a, of a couple years of trying to do something, a style really well. And, and then needing a break from it every once in a while.
1: I'm, I'm glad you said break because I, I've been in the position where I've done that stuff, like gave myself a challenge and sometimes the challenges are really hard and I, there's stuff I'm still working on. Like I have an issue with eye contact, which I always have to remind myself, like make sure you're making eye contact. Cause I, I think I normally, I, I, I like to focus on the room rather than the individuals, but that's kind of bullshit. I have to vote, fo- you know, you gotta, you gotta vote, fo- you gotta click it, especially like now that I'm doing a two man, like I have to make sure like I'm checking in with Chris as much as possible. Yeah. Um, But you know, and, and there's like things I've picked up, like, You know, by watching other improv, I'm like, oh, I would like to try to incorporate that, and it it came a little bit more natural, so I didn't have to do as much time developing that. And then it got to the point where it became not a crutch, but something I, you know, something I was doing to
0: a habit. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, habit that
0: that really wasn't
1: paying off as much as I would like it to. So I like you have to put that back on the improv shelf, take a step back. Is there any other way I can like you know try to figure out if there's any other way you can use it or you know another any any other interesting approach that it can be used for or is it something you just need to put to rest until it's needed
0: Yeah yeah it's important to check in with that too I the thing with all things just habit is it a habit or is it a choice is like the, the right. one of the biggest constant questions uh, for growth and performance um awesome. Yeah. Okay, so on to the next one. We have a question about callbacks. Uh is it possible to overdo callbacks? I think is in a nutshell what the question is, uh can you overdo callbacks? And probably how do you find a balance between um you know successfully having callbacks and connections in your show? and overdoing it what is the balance
1: um i think you can overdo anything yeah Uh, there's gotta be like (laughs) but if we're talking about callbacks of course you can you know I, i think there's the balance is is it still fun is it still fun for everybody in that room is it fun for you is it fun for the uh the performer the other performers is it fun for the audience because it, it was still fun. You know, there's that there's the rule of three and there's the rule of 77, you know. And if if you can still <laughs> yeah. if you can still step on all the ranks and it's still <laughs> funny, then keep on stepping on ranks, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it if it's just something that you're doing because the first couple of times you did it was funny and you're trying to get it back, you're trying to uh, bring back the magic of this callback and it's not happening put it to rest, maybe bring it back at the end. It might be, it might be the blue line or it just might not be something that we, that the audience wants to see anymore. Cause part of your job is to entertain. And if it's not, if you, the moves you're making, not that every move you make has to be entertaining or funny, right? But it, it has to have momentum it has to push the, the scene forward. And, you know, trying to beat a dead horse is the worst way to do that.
0: Yeah. And, and so, I, I agree with all that, and I think that the um, probably the way to do to figure out um, where the balance is in a practical sense is uh, is is to do it more. I, I would rather encourage improvisers, uh, students, or um, on a coaching on a team. If they're like, "How do we find the perfect, the sweet spot for callbacks?" I would encourage them to do callbacks a lot um and kind of that learn by trial and error wears too much because i would i would rather see uh high volume callbacks and then scale it back than try to like baby step your way up to the right amount um i i i think that that it can be a little uh it can feel more clumsy and and uh kind of uncomfortable like having a callback that just falls flat um in those high volume instances but but uh i think that's worth the like i don't think that worked you know uh, Right, right. that that, that feeling i think uh is a better learning tool than um than the the, like maybe i could have done one more (laughs) you know you don't know because you didn't try
1: and then on callbacks too like maybe trying to um, well, most callbacks are, are big moments that you're rehashing. Try maybe try to find something more specific. Something maybe if there was like a throwaway throwaway line at the beginning of the scene, trying to trying to use that again. Not not to try to double down. I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't, but what I mean is trying to find something very specific, something very unique, something that may not have been memorable, but definitely is memorable as soon as you say it again because that would be more of a more of a reveal to it than just like oh remember that one time i said and that's what she said you know like maybe not the jokey part but maybe something more unique to that character you know
0: yeah yeah because it's not just about using the the same word or the same phrase multiple times uh, a callback can come in many forms and i think well right. yeah exactly what you're saying is is to explore different ways of doing that because i think that uh you can get um uh you always want to surprise the audience uh you you know it's it's very satisfying to do something that they expect to see but to do it in a way that's unexpected is even better um and uh yeah i think i think that. uh you know, maybe people get hung up early on about like, is a callback as simple as using the suggestion a bunch of times. Um And, uh and that's different from like, uh you know, a blow line of a scene being reused again, but instead of the blow line is like, well, what type of what happened there? You know, like, like uh, sure. it was about someone, uh, You know what I mean? Like, like you can just get more and more broad with with the 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 type of callback, Um, and scene mapping. There's there's a lot to play around with. So just diversify the way that you're doing it. Uh, Do too much before you scale it back. I think is the quickest way to get to that sweet spot. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think my favorite type of blow or not blow line um, callback is when something's established, or. when, when there's a line that's almost a throwaway line and then after everything's established, if you say the line again, it, it, it becomes like almost uh, an act of foreshadowing. Like, oh, remember, I told you the you know, this was gonna happen. and then because that's interesting to me because you know, you made all this up. So how could you possibly foreshadow something when you have no idea where it's going? So when it comes back, it's like, oh, what a nice little bow you made.
0: Yeah, yeah. So and I suppose again, it's 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 like you can. Um, I think it is fair to manufacture callbacks. Yep. and and to consciously set things up, but uh, again, it shouldn't look like that's what you're doing. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, and and it's probably. B- better nine times out of ten to have it happen organically so you know right. you can look for ways to make it happen um, but you can also keep your eye out for opportunities to um, you know make a callback based on something that's presenting itself
1: I think that's what I like about it because yeah. the performer who did it was pay atten- paying attention to everything that was going on and and called back something that was so minute like that's what I like about it.
0: Yeah, it's and and it's like this is a little a little bit off topic, but but like uh, I'm, let me see if I can uh, get this out before I lose the thread entirely. Uh, <laughs> but no, <laughs> oh,
1: I see you going through the files. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, but uh, you it, 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 deeper into the show, you can make justifications or explain things that happen using things that we know so far. Earlier on in the show, you're like, I, "Okay, I got to make some answers and." create some explanations uh, for who this character is and why and what happened in this scene and why. But then later in the show, you have everything you need to explain anything using what's already happened. So that's, that's on the topic of callbacks. But then I think, I think the also nice rule of thumb is, is that like at a certain point in the, in a show uh, the goal stops being to create anything new and becomes how to, how to expand and reuse, um, stuff that you've already done.
1: Everything we already created. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yes.
0: Um, all right. Mm. That's a, I mean, that's, that's a fun topic too. Is just, uh, um, it is <laughs> probably do a whole episode on, uh, creating new things versus reusing what you have. Um, repurposing what you have in a show. Um, Okay, let's see here. So our next question uh, is about character tropes. And if I uh, remember this right, um, the question is about uh, how to effectively use character tropes, um, whether you should uh, lean into them or uh, how how to uh, play into a genre show using character tropes to your advantage but not getting stuck in lame cliches i think that that was the nature of the question and if it if it's not <laughs> we're on a whole different topic <laughs> uh.
1: but thank <laughs> you for the inspiration
0: um <laughs> yeah. does that does that ring a bell though i, I uh am i do you think yeah, I'm right? yeah. yeah yeah
1: yes that yeah uh and when i thought about that i thought about the the have you ever seen the movie clue so uh, t- uh tim curry's the butler yeah like how he so throughout the whole movie you because we're so familiar with how a crime story or a whodunit movie is supposed to go and we're familiar what the butler's role in that movie is, is supposed to be like the unreliable narrator narrative um or narrator sorry uh that the, when you get to the end and he does all three endings and you find out he's the killer, like it's, it's always fun, you know, like it's yeah. playing on something it's playing on what we know or what we're going to assume because we're familiar with a, a genre and then turning it on its ear. Like, I like that.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, so I, I guess a general uh, starting point for, for the question is about um, the fact that that tropes or cliches are not necessarily a bad thing, especially if you're playing in genre there, they can be yeah. a delight. Uh, <laughs> and like, and like, that's, that's the point of playing genre, right? So if, if you're setting yourself yeah. up for, <laughs> for doing narrative, and obviously if you're doing a specific genre, then yeah, you really need to embrace those uh, types of uh, tropes and uh, start by using them at face value, using them for what they are, get familiar uh comfortable in their skin um and then you can you can uh, the more familiar you are with honoring the elements of, of that genre the easier it will become to find your own nuances in those go-tos you uh, make them unique because we still yeah. in in disney movies pixar you know dreamworks stuff it's it's all the same stuff over and over and over again but there's there's little character details that um, come from from taking the base uh, uh, trope and then being like, well, what about this time if they had this quirk or had a soft spot for this or um, couldn't do this? Just just taking everything that's that's uh, familiar about that trope and then being like, well, one thing we always see. What if what if uh, we took it away or made a rule that it had to be the opposite of what we expect.
1: Right. Like uh in Shrek when the the princesses start fighting or uh stuff like like stuff we're not used to seeing but it's totally plausible like why why wouldn't yeah. they you know not be able to fight. Um Yeah. Or like another another example would be I mean, I mean real, real like quick the even, musical. Sh-
0: what? Yeah, yeah. Sh- oh. Shrek is even a, a, an awesome example because because yeah. the hero is an ogre. Usually the hero is yeah. uh, is a A handsome, you know, knight or whatever. So, right, that even just to begin with, what is uh, yeah, doing it from from the the ugly, usually villain character's perspective as a hero is, is a, yeah, yeah, great way to turn things.
1: But but Uh, another, no, 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 I like that. Uh, another example is like blank the musical, like, how often we have we seen. Things that were traditionally not musicals turn into musicals, you know, um, like like Hamilton, like taking a historical historical uh, biography and adding music to it, and you have like the biggest hit ever, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, D- mixing mixing elements. Yeah, I like that. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. You're you're more of the the narrative minded person bob is there is there anything else when it comes to like tropes uh what about what about like when hitting kind of uh checkpoints in a story that like um uh i'm trying to think of an example but like um you know if you're doing if you're doing like a uh a a fantasy adventure thing that like oh there's supposed to be a point where there's the mystical guide or whatever, you know, and that's, that's a character, but, but like, that's also something that's supposed to happen is that the, the hero is supposed to get guidance. Um, Yes. Or like, if we don't get a moment of like crossing the threshold, like.
1: Or the, him learning how to use his powers. If that's something new or, you know, like the, or, or winning the first battle, but losing the first battle to the main, the big bad, if you will. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. All those things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we talked about we might have referenced um the fifth element before uh, on this show the fact that uh, in the fifth element Bruce Willis is the hero Gary Oldman is the villain and they never cross paths uh or, or they 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 literally do co- coming in and out of uh the same elevator in two different um elevator carts but um uh they don't ever have a confrontation and I think if you were doing an improvised show that had hero and villain you know. Conventional genre tropes would say that you have to have a confrontation. like right. when is it okay to to deviate from that um on purpose or because it doesn't seem to be leading that way?
1: Yeah, like, it's taking a step away from the the traditional hero's journey is interesting because as an audience you know like when we watch trailers for movies we we kind of know what we're going into. And some of the best movies are the ones where we totally think that we're, we know what we're, what to expect and how it's going to end. But let's just see how they get there. You know, we we kind of figure out, we kind of, we think going into them, when we buy a ticket, we know the story arc. And then we, we are wrong. And it's amazing. Uh, Cabin in the Woods is a really great example of that. Have you seen that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love it.
1: Yeah. I love Cabin in the Woods. (laughs) uh Jen Hansen took me to it and we were running late and I was like I'm fine I've seen enough horror movies to to know like oh, what's going she's like no like, she already, she had already seen it and she was so excited she's like you got to see this like she made me go into the theater as she, and and she went and got the popcorn just because like I do not want you to miss anything and I'm so glad she did and, yeah. and then you get those great moments like uh when they meet the 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 oh, God, what was his name? Like, Ezekiel on the side of the road, the old uh, yeah, gas yep. station operator. And then he calls, like, uh, the headquarters, and they met- they're messing with him.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's funny, too, because in that movie, and I, and I think also in improv, because it is uh, comedy, you know, um, we want to use the tropes uh, close enough to a T where it's suspicious how well it's happening, you know? And there's something funny right. about that, where it's like, that like it, it it's just so consistent with the genre that I like, you know, that 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 in itself is is kind of funny when you're when you're nailing the genre that well, um, it it it's almost a commentary on, it's a commentary on 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 those genres right. that 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 like, isn't it weird how this always happens, yeah. um, yeah. So I th- I think again going back to just embracing that first and having fun with um, those go-to's is uh, is the best way to start not trying to, to to shake your way out of it up front but instead trying to lean into it and and every every movie or or uh, story um, I I always feel that even if I know the ending I'm more interested in how it happens than than right. what happens so it's like yeah all those same elements it, aren't gonna hold you back yeah
1: and as a performer in those I, I think is always a fun choice when you have an unusual perspective on events that usually happen in these genres. So like uh, I, I, not the best example, but I do like the show One Punch man because he's a superhero who is so powerful he can destroy enemy any any, any enemy with one punch and he's bored with his life. Like usually the hero, when he defeats, you know, the monster that's destroying the city, there's like, you know, a celebration and he, like he feels, you know, there's a, he feels whole. But yeah. because it's so easy to him, he feels less than. And, it, and and I think that's a more unique take on the whole hero versus uh, bad guy uh, story.
0: Totally. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. So I think we have time for one more question here. And, uh, yeah, this one is about having a drink before the show. Um, yep. is it okay to have a drink or two? Excuse me. <coughs> Woo. Woo. <I'm> Sneeze <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. You look so surprised. <laughs> oh, <here it> comes. <laughs> <laughs> um, the question is, uh, uh, Should you, uh, do do, I think it it was, uh, do you have an easier time performing if you have a drink before the show or stone cold sober, which one is, uh, more or less difficult or easy. And, um, yeah, I, I liked, I like to have a drink before the show, relax, unwind, settle in. That's my preferred thing. Um, so I, I guess like even out of habit, uh, the answer would be that I have an easier time if I, if I've done my ritual, uh, that way. Um, okay and when it comes to being stone cold cold sober during shows um i definitely like have done plenty of uh nighttime shows that that were fine the ones that are weird for me are like uh, special occasions uh uh you know like anniversary shows or or new year's shows um and then and then doing it during the day too is 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 weird and, and i guess that has less to do with uh, i guess the sobriety thing than it does with the fact that there's like sunlight beaming through the windows, and you're like, I guess we're doing improv. <laughs> yeah, can you be funny before seven? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Again, <laughs> um, I I, I'm, I'm with you. I like having a drink. I don't. It's part of my ritual, but I don't attach the drink I have like with the show. I guess my only concern would be like, what's you know, who I, you know, it's it's a case by case scenario. Like, what is your relationship with alcohol? Because some people can have a drink and it doesn't really affect them. It might, you know, chill them out a little bit. It might, it might just be a ritual. Um, it just be, you know, you might be thirsty. <laughs> who knows? Uh, you might you might be singing that I'm a, I'm a truck that and I can drive fast song and need to get out of your head. <laughs> um, but if you're the kind of person who can't just have one or maybe it affects your speech, because I, I know some people who are visibly drunk you're not you know not drunk drunk but visibly different when they have a couple of drinks so you might not want that that version of yourself on stage you know can you can you perform 100 percent when you're on after a drink or two you know that's that's a question you can only answer yourself i guess
0: yeah i'm glad you brought that up because it, it is absolutely about your relationship with alcohol at, at the very um base level is is like if the if that's where the question is coming from then like that's something you got to learn um and uh be careful and conscious of uh beyond that as as like a you know practice of professionalism or uh culture whatever it is in the improv community that i i think that uh yeah you don't want to be drunk and unable to perform um connect with your partners and, and the audience um, so it's, also, it's also about like knowing what type of, I, I guess that that goes back to your relationship with alcohol, but like also, uh, knowing, knowing your limits and, and, um, and, uh, what, you know, especially if, if you're like, I'll switch it up and I'll have, I'll have a glass of wine. Are are you a different wine
1: yeah, yeah. buzzed
0: or wine drunk than, <laughs> than you are with beer or liquor, you know? So, um, you know, if, if it, uh, if it doesn't get in your way and it makes you feel comfortable, go for it. Um, I, I'm always a fan of getting to uh, a venue super early. Um, I'm specifically like it, like 45 minutes to an hour ahead of showtime. And so sometimes I'll have one, maybe two drinks uh, before a show. Um, and uh, I know that that's my limit. If I, if I, if I get there, you know, uh, a couple minutes early, earlier than normal, uh, and I, you know, an hour and a half and I'm like, Going thinking about that third beer, I'm, I know that it's it's a bad idea for me to do that uh, at to, before the show starts. Um, right. You know, uh, I, I I can do two max uh, and still yeah. perform playfully, uh, intelligently, and in a way that's connected with the rest of the people in the room.
1: Yeah, I, I would say the same thing goes for weed because I know people who can absolutely have i'm gonna sound like old man yeah i don't really do it so yeah uh, they, you know, they can have the weed yeah <laughs> they can they can they can like eat a, like a handful of weed and then go on there and be and that's them that's that's their that they have a balance where that is totally but if i were to even watch someone smoke weed and try to perform it would be a train wreck
0: yeah. yeah it'd
1: be an audience i, watching I, I, I can't imagine, imagine it. doing it
0: i also uh yeah. don't smoke weed um i i, I have uh enough yeah. to know that how how it affects me and that like i can't i if i if i really needed to go to bed is when i would smoke weed uh i would never <laughs> try to do it do anything I, I just can't like i just know how i get it i'm just like everything I is just ya. like melting and i would have apart. to book the
1: show <laughs> in a way where the audience knows that I don't smoke weed, but if you want to watch what happens when I do and try to perform, this is what it's going to look like. Yeah. so They're in on it. It's not. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And we've done, uh, we've done shows like a drunk prov um, or uh, I, 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 I think maybe there's been a weed show before. I know that, like, I've heard stories of, of like the UCB guys being like, or maybe, uh, oh, maybe, maybe it was like Darcy Carden or Lauren Lapkus or, or somebody I heard in an interview that, that was like, we tried it because we thought it would be fun. And, uh, it just was such the opposite. It was so miserable. Like, uh, would not do again, would not recommend. Wow. Um, but uh but and it's the same thing with, with drinking too i I, th- I think that that drinking hits you uh not as as hard uh or at least in my experience um you know one one beer is not the same as one joint <laughs> yeah uh so um yeah with i with beer though or, or or alcohol um you only have to have it happen like like once maybe maybe once every uh, a couple times or whatever like like it it doesn't take much for you to be like, I definitely did not enjoy being right. drunk and improvising.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: yeah. So that's it. I, uh, again, I guess just to, to, to make sure we're covering our bases with that, uh, your disclaimer right. is like, it's about your relationship with alcohol. Yeah.
1: It, it, uh, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. and, and maybe if you don't know what your relationship with alcohol is, <laughs> uh, check in with your Try. coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. check in with somebody. Like, it, how was it? <laughs> how yeah, was it? yeah, what yeah, was yeah. That yeah, show yeah. last night.
0: Yeah. Um. um cool. Uh, okay. Final question before we go comes from our buddy Pete. Um, he wants to know how we're both so handsome, and I don't have an answer, Pete. But I knew Good I lighting. do know that I.
1: <laughs> Good Good light. The lighting. Is everything.
0: Um. Uh love you pete um okay so that is going to do we it for real... okay
1: <laughs> I, I
0: was
1: asking if there was a real question or oh
0: we that, don't we that don't was a uh well uh that's it for our <laughs> q a segment <laughs> for this episode um you can follow us on facebook and instagram at improv you can also find us on youtube uh, our channel is Improv FAQ, where you will find mini lectures as well as the Improv FAQ at length series. The most up-to-date materials and content is going to be on YouTube, uh, but you can also find us as a podcast, where we have twenty episodes of uh, imp- uh, Improv FAQ at length available on audio. Where you, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we are adding to that uh, in batches until we get caught up and current with where we are on YouTube and Facebook and um once we do that it, it I, I in theory it won't matter where you where you find us it'll all be the same content in a different we'll form. be
1: all over yeah <laughs> helping you go to sleep and gameway
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh and if you do have questions to submit uh for topics for recommended guests uh or questions for these Q and A's, you can send us an email at ImprovFAQ at Gmail, or you can direct message us on any of those platforms that we exist on. Uh, thanks so much for joining. Tom, yeah. shout out to Tom. Yeah, and, Tom. And of course to Pete, <laughs> who and has not gotten an at. answer, a proper answer for his question. And maybe um, Brad. And. We're at. uh we will catch you next time on Improv FAQ at LIGHTS. Bye. Bye.